Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view and activity on the ground and to learn about new trends emerging. This show is sponsored by DAF.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Walter Mythen of O'Farrell Clear Estate Agents in Malahide. Walter, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Carol. Thank you for having me. And as mentioned in the intro there, you're with O'Farrell Clear Estate Agents in Malahide, probably one of Ireland's longest established estate agents, so certainly a very well-known uh, brand in North Dublin. You mm-hmm. might just talk to us about the Malahide um, property market. How was 2023 for your buyers and sellers? Yeah, I mean, as you're probably reading and many of your listeners will know, it's been a, a very, very busy, busy year in terms of demand. Uh, unfortunately, the supply isn't meeting that demand. And again, I think everybody's aware of that and the problems that that brings. But in terms of uh, acting on the vendor side and the client side, it's been very, very successful in terms of prices being achieved. Uh, very, very strong. Obviously, there's different categories within that, uh, within the market here. Um, but uh, overall, it's been extremely strong with huge activity uh, on the buyer side, for sure. And is that activity focused primarily on the secondhand market? Yeah, I mean it. It it, it is uh, land is in 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 short supply uh, in Malahide in particular, um, but we do have we have an amazing scheme that Ballymore are, are currently building up in Cement Rise, uh, and that's a nice mix of of kind of three four beds, semi detached, detached, uh, and then two apartment uh, blocks as well with a facility block, uh, which is unique to the area from the residential sale point of view anyway, and it's been a huge success so far. So. Um, yeah, there's been a, a good mix, but everything is doing well. Uh, certain categories are, are definitely busier than others. Uh, the three and four bedrooms semi-detached within kind of 10 walking minutes of, of schools and that sort of thing is in huge demand. And that's where you're seeing frantic bidding and um, and a lot, a lot of competition. So, yeah, it, it's tricky in that, in, in that field. Uh, if you're looking to buy, you need to be really prepared. Uh, in many cases, we're spoilt out here where, uh, you know, chains aren't the norm, which they would have been, where you'd have to sell to buy. Now, a lot of buyers are, are ready to go and either cash or have already sold and renting short term or back in with the parents or in-laws. So it's uh, you have to be kind of fight ready to get involved because it is so competitive when you might have, you know, 10, 12 bids. Uh, it's going to come down in many cases to who's the who's further progressed in their in their end and has the money kind of sitting there ready to go or mortgage approved and ready to go. You know, it's really interesting that you position it as as fight ready. Um, you know, because unfortunately that's exactly how home yeah. buyers feel. So whether they're mm-hmm. first time buyers or those trading up or down. Um, and I I absolutely want to talk to you about uh, the pipeline of supply, whether it's through the second hand homes or indeed uh, new homes, but. Um, you've you've touched on a few really interesting things there. Um, let's focus for a moment on the demand. So uh, it's interesting to hear that actually Malahide is not impacted by the chains that we see in so many places across the country. Um, so let's talk about that for a moment. When I hear of no chains, I usually think first time buyer. But I hear you say people are moving back in with in-laws and mm. renting temporarily. That's not an option in other places in the country. So mm. talk to me about the home buyers that you're talking to, whether they're first-time buyers or those looking to trade up or down? 
Yeah, like at the the first time buyer end, uh, once they have their mortgage approval, which can be a, a tedious enough process at the moment, but once they have that, then they're obviously sitting pretty in terms of uh, of being ready to go. Uh, it, it's a tricky one where, say, you're you, you might have someone looking to buy they're in a three bedroom home with maybe one or two children, uh, and they're very nervous for obvious reasons about what to do next. They are like, well, we need more space. We might be expanding family or working from home at the moment. So we need the extra, you know, bedroom or extra living space. But what do they do? It's it, it, in order to stand a chance, they do have to go to market first and then hope that they get uh, some activity on their own sale, get that sale agreed. And then re- in reality, that's what I'm telling people. Then you start looking because if you're chasing you're chasing your tail. If if you see something you like, then you go well, put your house on the market. By the time it's photographed and up and running, which can happen quickly, chances are there's already bids in from ready to go purchasers. So you, you continuously lose out. So you do find people who will come back to me and say, Walter, listen, what you told us maybe two, three, four, five months ago was spot on. We weren't ready at the time, but we've put the house on the market now. So we're sale agreed. So And then they're in a different place altogether when they go to bid. So it, it is it is very cutthroat like that. Uh, and it's the ones who are kind of stuck waiting for the perfect house before they put their own on. It, 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 the penny, unfortunately, will drop with them eventually, but it's hard. I totally get it. I mean, you, you don't know where you're going to go. If you've got kids, will they be in the same school? All of those things are, you know, even just a colossal waste of time. But more times than not, it does work out. I would say 90% of the time, a, a plan comes together. And that can be, even if they get their own house and they get a great price, which which they will at the moment, they'll figure something out. It's amazing how things come their way. A friend's house comes available that they can go into for short term. But if they're committed to it, they'll do it. If they're 50-50 or sitting on the fence about moving or will we or won't we, it's too aggressive out there and it'll fall away on them. So you kind of, the biggest decision I'm telling all the clients is if you really want to move, you got to make it happen. Uh, and they, they tend to be successful in that, but yeah, it's the ones who are kind of thinking, will we do it? Will we not do it? If they go tomorrow, it, it, it's unlikely that they'll get it. It's just you know, too, too hot out there. It never feels like a convenient time to be no. selling and buying and these things, you know, in theory and, and look years ago, I mean, certainly you know, 15, 15, 20 years ago, it was always the norm that, you know, you always had the option of renting for three months, six yeah. months. And that's just not the case anymore. What is the rental market like in terms of being able to accommodate um, the market in, in Malahide right now? There isn't really. I mean, I've never seen such a short supply of rental. Um, a lot of our clients are selling up as, as, as you, again, the, the market will know it, it's just become a bit onerous to, to be a landlord. Um, it's almost like it's a dirty word at the minute, which is terrible because it's a necessity for, even for situations like you've just mentioned, but to try and get involved in that. And also, you know, if you're paying for, you know, three or 4,000 a month for a, a kind of a, a typical three or four bed semi-detached, if you're rent, if you're paying out four thousand a month for six months or eight months or twelve, it's a huge amount of, uh, of of money coming off your saving that you have for the house. So people are worried about that. Will they get caught in a situation where they're? So it, it is difficult, but it it it's doable. You just have to be prepared to be fluid and do what you need to do to make it happen. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. If you're fully committed to it, nine times out of ten, it will work out. It might take time. Um, 
you'll something will come your way in terms of a rental or short short term situation, uh, and some sellers as well, particularly first time buyers are, you know, it's not ideal for them, but they're okay to wait a bit more. So if the if the seller needs another month or two, then then that's okay for the most part because supply is so short. They're just happy you've won the 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 sale and, and got the house. So if they have to wait a little bit of time, they'll do that. They're already in rental or at home. Um, so yeah, it, it really just depends. Um, you know, but, yeah. there are times like this that I think actually the the art of communication. Um, you know, in terms of negotiation, we always used mm. to talk about. Uh, negotiation is about so much more than the price. It is about mm-hmm. understanding the situation both parties are in and trying mm-hmm. to accommodate as best. Um, you know, Walter, I, I'm, I, unfortunately, I think I know the answer to this before I ask it, but I want to ask it anyway. Are you seeing any buy to let investors coming into the market? Very few, really, really sh- uh, small numbers. Um, I ha- I've had some good success uh, up in Cement Rise again that we mentioned earlier. Uh, we've had a few buy to let, but only a few. Um, and it's a slightly different buy to let. It, it's with a view to possibly for them in the future or for kids. Uh, so it's not a hardcore investor who's coming on looking at yield and that's all they're interested in. Very, very few of those on the ground. They may be a couple in their 50s or 60s who are thinking, right, in 10, 15, 20 years time, we want something like this to retire into and, and sell the family home and something that's kind of high end. Um, and again, with the facilities up there in particular, it's been a huge success. It's just, and, and that's a very interesting dynamic in the market here at the moment. The average apartment, for example, uh, unless the price is very attractive, isn't gathering the interest. The higher end stuff is is by far the busiest uh, and what sells first, um, which is interesting because I, I spent about 10 years in London and when you would launch over there, you'd normally find the investors coming in and asking, right, what's the entry level here? I'll take it because it's based on the yield and they're looking at it differently here. It's like, right, we're buying as an investment now. What's the best apartment that you have? Because in 10, 15, 20 years time or whatever it is, that's where we're going to live. So they're going big on the the more expensive premium units as opposed to the, the lower entry level uh, stock. That's- so it's interesting. Yeah, that is particularly interesting. Are they presenting as cash buyers? Are they raising some finance? Are they buying through pensions? No, mostly. Again, we're fortunate in this this neck of the woods. Most of our sales, over eighty percent, I would say, of this of people downsizing, uh, would be cash buyers. Now they will sell in turn. So we have a mix of people within there, which is very, very important to the market here, because if they've got a four bedroom detached family home that the kids are gone, that four bed detached is so sought after at the moment. So when they will eventually move into the apartment, that frees up the four bed, that in turn probably frees up a three bed and the whole cycle takes off. When you take one piece of that, that jigsaw away, the whole thing comes to a standstill and we're noticing a massive uh level of interest for high-end downsizing uh, apartments and that's again why why i think uh, ballymore nailed it in terms of their approach to the scheme uh there because it's it, it's ticking those boxes it's not just an apartment where 
you know, for someone to come from a, a family home with space and a garden, there needs to be something to attract them there. And a standard apartment that might be a bit dark or or has no outside facilities, it's a bit of a concrete situation. There, it, It's too dramatic a difference for them. Whereas with Seamount, for just using this example, because, you know, we're working on it, it has, an, a, you know, a 13-acre park behind it. It's got a gym. It's got a cinema. It's got a lounge lobby area. You've got a private meeting dining room. They've even allocated for pet friendly and there's a dog wash station in the basement. These sorts of things set the tone. Whether someone uses the gym or the cinema or not, that's, you know, you'll get a handful of people who, who just won't, but it sets the kind of barrier in terms of the style of the place and, and, and the feel of the place. And it just gives it that exclusivity and, and the spaces are good. They're storage units, you know, so all of these things and landscaping gardens, then that will get people who are looking to downsize interested. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly what's happened. Like on, on at least four or five occasions up there, I've had people where I said, talk to them, you know, and said, listen, have a look at this. Oh, Walter, I'm never, I would never buy an apartment. I said, listen, just come up and have a look. <laughs> Doing the typical sales thing. Just have a look, yeah. come up, and it's and and, and it's worked. Because and and the commentary is, okay, this is different, Walter. I I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a huge gap in the market for this uh, this type of development, and and all of its knock-ons that it has. It's huge because it frees it, it. It could possibly free up two or three other properties to get that whole cycle going again. Yeah, you know, and actually, I think I I have to point out to people listening or watching in today actually that you are not saying that from a place of bias. I actually went on to your website and went through uh, the images there for Seamount Rise. Mm. Uh, it is it is something different. So I understand what you're saying mm -hmm. that actually Irish people have a bias against mm -hmm. apartments and mm -hmm. apartment living. And I feel that, you know, yes, there's a cultural and, and kind of historic side of that. But also, I think we need to acknowledge in previous decades, we weren't delivering very good apartment schemes. No. And, you know, I've lived in apartment schemes um, across Europe and they had storage, they had community, they had facilities. Um, yeah. So it was perfect for somebody coming into an area, whereas in Ireland, we just didn't do that. And exactly. actually, when, when I saw the images on your website, I didn't realize it was an Irish scheme and yeah. that and that shouldn't be a compliment to the scheme. But unfortunately, it mm -hmm. is now. Look, I, in saying that, we've seen huge improvements over the last number of years. But I think it is worth pointing out that actually Seamount Rise definitely is one of the leaders in the space. And that mm -hmm. doesn't surprise me. It's delivered by Ballymore and Ballymore are absolute best in class, not just in terms of delivering homes, but in terms of placemaking. They understand the concept of place. They understand the people who are going to be living there, whether it's uh, as tenants or owner occupiers. They, they understand who's going to be living there and how they choose to live. And I think that's where maybe uh, Malahide is a really interesting market to look at um, in Dublin, because, yes, it's on the outskirts of a city, but there's very much a village feel and um, there's very much a strong sense of community and in terms of I think we talked about downsizing and right sizing the reality is there are people who might have a dream to retire to somewhere like Malahide but I think you've got people living in Malahide whose dream is to downsize and stay in Malahide so that's a problem when you're attracting <laughs> new people in but the people who were there want to stay and mm -hmm. 
the the key to downsizing and and I sorry I sh- I need to stop using that term it really is about right sizing for the different stages of life but the key to that is being able to move into an appropriate property within your own community so you're keeping the same pharmacy the same local pub the same restaurant the same dry cleaners you know the same family and friends community network that you've built up and Malahide has not had that. There hasn't been anywhere for people to trade up or down to. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great to see some new homes coming into the pipeline there. In terms of secondhand homes, mm-hmm. have we any reason to be hopeful that 2024 will bring more new homes to the market, secondhand uh, homes to the market? Obviously, you would love to to go that way and be thinking that way. I think it's going to be tight supply this year again. Um, just just for the, the the reasons that many of the houses, they just, people don't have anywhere to go uh, and, and, you know, can't afford necessarily. Like a, a perfect example is someone I was speaking to recently and they, you know, they have a four bedroom detached house. It's probably worth about 850, 900, give or take. Okay. Um, and they want, they won't go to, a, a, you know, a normal apartment, for example, to downsize, they just won't do it. Now, they they may not have the funds then to go, you know, and spend six hundred or seven hundred on an apartment because the difference, what it, the difference between their sale and what they're going to purchase, doesn't leave them with a huge amount in the in their back pocket to to enjoy the the you know and have a comfortable life and do what they want to do, holidays and 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 enjoy retirement or whatever it may be. So that's where a sticking point is, is, and this is probably a wider government thing. But if if you know if that six hundred and fifty thousand apartment was four hundred and fifty thousand, I would say you'd get a huge volume of people looking to do it. But obviously, that doesn't make the scheme viable. So that's where there may have to be something there to sort of prop that up in order to free up those houses, because there are dozens of people I've spoken to over the last year or two who, if the pricing and there was other options um, to go to that were that were nice and had facilities and, and had all of those boxes ticked, they would do it. But they're not left with anything money-wise at the end of it. So there needs to be a lot more of these types of schemes around uh, around the city in order to facilitate and, and kickstart that, that cyclical, you know, three-bed seller buys the four-bed, the four-bed downsizes or right-sizes, and, and the whole thing kicks off again. But there is a block there. Mm-hmm. So they're staying where they are and all of their neighbors are staying bar the odd one are staying where they are. Mm-hmm. So they're not moving. Uh, and we're noticing that in Malahide. And then when one or two do come on, it's frantic because the demand for it is so, is so great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a wider issue probably, but, but that will, if there were, if there were more options for people to, to trade down or, or downsize to something more specific, then I think uh, that would free the whole market up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that look, that is a similar situation that we see um, in other, even large market towns. Um, we're seeing that situation for Malahide. Uh, is there an issue in terms of, vacancy or dereliction are there many vacant buildings derelict no, buildings I, I god I, very very few maybe the odd commercial unit that for one reason or another has been left but other than that in terms of housing no and absolutely not in terms of the commercial market um you know just how are businesses faring because part of a thriving community is that the community use the shops the retail the coffee shops the you know the facilities so that actually 
um, you can have a thriving main street. And it's something that I know in Malahide, there, there's some really interesting placemaking initiatives being touted <laughs> there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for pedestrianising streets. And, mm-hmm. and some of those have been quite controversial. But mm-hmm. the reality is, to sustain a community, you actually need a thriving economic centre. Um, is that happening in Malahide right now? I mean, it, 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 that's one thing that it always had, particularly on the food and beverage end of uh, end of things. Um, so lots of good restaurants, lots of good bars, there's shopping. So there is it. There is, now it's tight. I, I, you know, you hear from from shop owners and different things that it is they're being squeezed um, because rents are high, you know, rates are high. Um, so everyone will have their own opinion, particularly on the pedestrianisation of New Street, which I'm not going to get into because that causes all sorts of drama. But it, it, you know, if it's going to be done correctly, which I'm sure it will, I think it will attract. Now, some some industries will better do better out of that than others. Um, but the more people you're attracting into Malahide, you know, a certain a certain amount of those will go to the restaurants, a certain will do the coffee shops, a certain will go into the, the clothing stores, etc, etc. So I think bringing people in, if it's managed correctly, is only a good thing. It can only be a good thing. And then you've got such a growing population or a big, you know, it, it, Malahide has grown massively. I think it's 16,000, 17,000 people now. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, a good few years ago, you know, it might have been a, a population of six or seven. So it, it's gone from a village to a town, really. But we're trying to hold on to that that village feel um yeah you know uh one of the more recent interviews i did with the business of malahide was actually uh when the co-working space on the waterfront mm, opened the view, um, I think, and yeah. yeah absolutely and and that you know amenities like that are very important for people who you know who might want to work in a different way so they're not ready to downsize their lives they're they're still working full-time but maybe not full-time in the office mm-hmm. you know what impact has co not just co-working but i suppose the ability to remote work has that changed the dynamics you're seeing in terms of the demand and the types of people who are coming and looking for homes there 100 percent. and again that's that's fueling that larger family four-bedroom home with you know kitchen dining room possibly that the an extra room is becoming critical and that that area of the market is frantic again so if you have the extra rooms that because maybe both parents are working from home two or three kids every single room is vital so you'll notice that in in properties that have been maybe modernized extended extra room added over the garage or garage converted or etc etc so if a lot of that heavy lifting has been done uh, and they do have the extra space so tv room plus a formal kind of living room open plan kitchen dining space um and then four bedrooms they may not need the four bedrooms but one will be an office and then an office in the tv room whatever downstairs temporarily so that's where you have that that's right that's frantic in terms of interest um because it has definitely changed. People are at home a lot more. So if you have just an open plan kitchen, living, dining space, and that's it, you know, you've two or three kids and it's a playroom and it's an office and it's a kitchen and it's a dining space, you're you're noticing families looking for that extra room. Yeah. Um, and yeah. where where it's been done. And a lot of the older houses in Malahide have that, you see, because they would have made had a garage that's converted or they had a separate dining room. So you've got living, dining, kitchen, uh tv room and and that's you know you can you can kind of adapt to your own situation if you're at home a lot um and where they've been modernized and have the extra space 
that's where you're seeing frantic bidding. And again, as I said earlier, that's where you do need to be up for the fight because, you, you know, you could have 30, 40, 50 people viewing a house like that. You're inevitably going to have at least seven or eight people bidding on it. Um, and, and yeah, and that would be fairly typical uh, yeah. in, in that category. And the buyers you're looking at, uh, because Malahide, just because of the marketplace that it is, there are a number of older homes the, the buyers that you have that are that are kind of ready, willing and able, are they willing to look at projects? Are they willing to take on a project or it, they, do they need it shiny and ready to go? It, it's interesting. There's there's two different levels and the premium, you know, in the kind of one, one and a half million plus category um, where there's deeper pockets. They're more about location and the road that it's on. And they're very happy to spend one and a half to two and a half million for the site. They have the, the the financial capability to literally gut the house. And in some cases, you will have be left with the front wall just because they have to retain that of the house. The front of the house is kept. You look behind it, the whole thing has burst out. Uh, and obviously, that, that that's an expensive thing to do. But on that sort of premium house and, and location, you're noticing that there's uh, it, it's a site purchase in many cases as opposed to a house because they again they have the means to do what they need to do. Yeah. On the other side of it, then you've people looking for your kind of family home who wouldn't have the the the, the financial ability to you know to put a, a million or two million into a refurb. There the the when the heavy lifting has been done in terms of you know maybe heating upgrade, insulated, um, extra room. Um, windows, all of that. So if the, if the rating has been improved in terms of energy efficiency and a lot of like the attic may have been converted, the kitchen extended back out, all of those things where that has been done, again, that's the frantic end of it. And I think people ca- have the capability and the ability to borrow more. So they're they're kind of pushing themselves on the borrowing as opposed to the, the deposit saving because they might have, obviously they'll have the deposit uh, maybe 10, 15, 20%, whatever it is, but they might necessarily have the other two or 300,000 that might be required to do a complete refurb in the house. So where that's been done, they're going, okay, we're paying quite a lot here over what may be sold in the, the estate three or four months ago. But if we were to go in there and do that ourselves, the time it would take trying to get someone to do it, obviously the cost of supplies and all that is crazy at the minute. So where that's being done, that's where you're seeing push, people pushing their, their bids. Yeah. So, well, actually, that's really interesting because I, I know going back over the last decade and two decades, you know, uh, um, when speaking with the state agents, we would have always been very conscious of what a seller should be doing to get their to bring their property to the market. And, you know, there's there's always an ongoing conversation. There always has been about um, the works that will actually generate a return on investment, you know, what's important. And actually, I do think that's somewhat uh, cyclical or, or there are trends around this mm-hmm. that sometimes buyers are willing to do more than others and at the moment certainly the energy performance side of it is a huge thing so uh it, you know previously we might have been talking about putting in a new bathroom or a new kitchen or repainting whereas now actually the energy upgrades are what what moves the needle really uh for sellers and i think that's a really interesting one i'm conscious of time um but before we finish up i uh, i'm always trying to understand maybe the trends that will be shaping uh, individual markets as we look to the year ahead and while we have lots of data around that I think sometimes the truest indicator is what the would-be sellers tell us so are you at this point in January now are you going in and meeting 
sellers who are considering putting their property on the market and requesting valuations? Yes, there that that is always busy, and um, mm-hmm. people are always curious to know for different reasons whether they're just curious to know how much the house is their house is worth. Uh, but a lot of my particularly where I would say um, where people are of a retirement age, they're always curious to know but the, the, again the block for them and this is where it stops unfortunately is where are they going and a lot of the conversations are Walter if I had somewhere to go mm-hmm. I would be gone and we would obviously try and help them but that's not for everybody mm-hmm. because it's just a bit of a nervous move for people so you, you, there is a bit of hand holding to be done in that situation where you just want to try and guide people through and and you know, I often say it to sellers as well. Listen, the worst thing that can happen is you get your buyer. You can't find something. You don't have to go. You know, for you know, you're not the, the you know the vendor isn't going to the market to mess anybody around. Their intentions are good. They hope it works out. But as I say, without doing making that step, you ain't going to get where you want to go. And if it doesn't work out, you're never going to be left on the streets or homes. You don't have to move until you find something. And, and that's that that's a huge mess. And they, I think people get relaxed when they hear that. They, they they get so caught up and get so worried that where what happens if I don't find something? I'll be homeless. You won't. You just don't move. You know, yeah. that, and yeah. and most most buyers will, will be prepared to wait because, again, supply is so tight. That if it takes a little bit more, that they're they're usually okay to wait for that. Well, then look for for final question. Um, let's hone in on maybe uh in terms of the supply that could be delivered. You know, we've talked about maybe some of the larger scale developments, but there are still pockets of opportunity for smaller scale developers. So if there's any, you know, maybe smaller scale home builders or developers looking at the marketplace in Malahide, and mm. we're talking about kind of low numbers of units. Looking and and knowing the demand as you do, mm-hmm. what should those smaller scale developers be delivering for Malahide? Yeah, I mean, if, if you either go on the high end apartment end of it, which I know is expensive to build, but you know you you will sell if you go high end. Um, I think where if you fall between the stools, if you don't really attack one particular. Uh, marketplace and you try and keep everybody happy it doesn't work you either you either go like the apartments in cement rise where you go high end and facilities and that'll fly if you don't have the space for that well then you need to look at maybe what is your unique selling point is it the location uh, and and everything like that and any sort of new build house you're going to do three four bedroom you know we, we could do with hundreds of them so you're never going to go too far wrong with that if you can get a dozen three bed semis or four beds or a mix of, the, of both they're going to absolutely fly because there's so many young families looking to get into Malahide um, and schools school is a big thing if it's if it's within the the catchment of of the of the primary schools in particular um it's going to fly very good okay look i think that's uh, you make a very compelling case for Malahide and to be honest Malahide makes a very compelling case for Malahide um as as a destination for uh, home buyers. Um, just in terms of because we've mentioned it a lot, Seamount Rise. Um, I I do recommend that people just go onto your website and take a look at the images there because they're genuinely, uh, genuinely stunning. What's the availability like before we get people's hopes up? Yeah, so we we still have one of our 
there's two 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 blocks of the apartments. One is already sold out, um, and we've got a, a number of units still available in the second block, although they are selling very well. So ones and two beds. Uh, we will have three bedroom uh, penthouses coming on in in uh, this year, um, but that again goes into a different category again. Um, but availability now, and we do have also some of the one bedroom apartments which fall into the help to buy price range, which has been very popular actually. Um, so that's interesting too. So yeah, uh, there's a dedicated website as well, cementrise.com, which you'll see all the information, all the imagery, um, and we're viewing there every single week. So no problem getting in. There's a dedicated sales suite up there as well to show people. So a mock-up uh, two-bedroom apartment and the model is there and everything. So you get a very good feel for what it is you're going to be buying. They're going to start completing around March, April this year uh, into the summer. So they're they're kind of ready now for any within that six months mortgage approval period as well. So it's Super. busy. That's great. Uh, Walter, thank you so much for taking the time to take us through uh, the marketplace, because I think, you know, if you're looking at at uh, the marketplace in Dublin, sometimes the nuances of uh, I, I, I say villages, but you're right, Malahide is definitely not a village anymore. It's certainly a town, but sometimes the nuances of areas like that can get lost when we talk about averages. So thank you so much for taking us through and, and kind of helping paint a, a very uh, good picture of the supply and demand there and maybe maybe what sellers and buyers can expect for 2024. So thank you so much for that. That was Walter Mythen um, of O'Farrell Clear Estate Agents in Malahide. My thanks to producer Katie Tallon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. Also huge thanks to our show sponsor DAP.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio. In the meantime, please be sure to check out all of the other Irish and international real estate and construction shows here on iProperty Radio.